This week, we're continuing our participating in God's story. I want to talk about making disciples. Now, I'm going to give the whole sermon away up front. I'm going to tell you basically what it's about. The bottom line is to make disciples is not about being a negative person. To make disciples is about following what the scripture says and how the scripture decide, describes how we should be. And the scripture, as we see, describes us as very positive people. And I want to encourage you to know that a disciple is somebody that follows you, who you teach, who follows your lead. And I'll tell you what, the people I want to follow are the people who have a positive message, the people who are going somewhere where I might want to go, the people who attract me by their life. So I've gone mad at Simon started the other week by using some letters. I want to encourage you to be positive, passionate, powerful in the spirit so that you are persuasive. How's that? I want you to be positive, passionate, powerful, and then persuasive. How do we do that? We do it by following the scriptures because I want to tell you that's how the scriptures describes the followers of God. That's how the scripture describes us. If we have a look, it says in Philippians 2, 14 to 16, this is talking about us, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labour in vain. Okay, how are you being described there? As a people that do things without grumbling or disputing. Has everybody worked with that guy at work who's always grumbling and disputing? Is that the guy you'd want to follow? Is that the guy you'd want to set yourself up as their little disciple? No. It says we should be out in this world as those possible positive people who aren't grumbling about the world, who aren't grumbling about everything, but are being a light. In other words, showing how things should be done. We should be those who lead not by saying, oh, it's all bad, it's all wrong, look at them, they're evil, they're wicked, oh dear, they're all going to die, oh no. We should be the ones saying there's a better way to do it. Have a look and I will show you. Come with me and you'll find a way to live a powerful and passionate life that is positive. We are also to be a sweet smell. Don't you like that? Did you realise smells are the things that you remember most? I actually looked it up a while ago. You remember smells than more than anything else. When I was a little kid, mum used to give me some stuff to put fluoride on your teeth. Well, I can't remember what it was called. I should know. If I think about that stuff, I can still smell it. It had the most powerful smell. Talk about a sound that I heard when I was a kid, and I've got no idea. But that smell, it still is fixed. And we are to be an aroma. But it's interesting with aromas. It says in one, sorry, 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16, 
For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance of death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Do you know how we need to convict the world of sin? By letting the Holy Spirit do it and by showing them life. By showing them that we have a positive and powerful way of living and doing things. That we have found a root that works. That we are the very smell of life. That when they look off, look at us, they think, oh, that person stinks. They absolutely stink of life. It's not that awful smell, you know, the dead rat and the roof smell. Anyone else had that? It doesn't go away, but we are the smell of life. We're also salt. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under, God's, sorry, under people's feet. Matthew 5.13. Salt back then was more than a flavour enhancer. Today, anyone else watch cooking shows? They drive me mad. They're addicted to salt. They always say, not enough seasoning. And I'm always home thinking, take some of the seasoning out and taste the food. But salt flavours it. How much do you need to flavour something? I know some of those cooking shows would say a handful. But the reality is, you sprinkle some salt on. I like a little bit of salt on my food. If I get it on Margot's, I get two grains on Margot's. She's, oh, this is salty. That tiny bit of salt affects our flavour. We are to be salt to the world. We are to be that salt. In the old world, they had a different view of salt. It wasn't just to add flavour. What it was, they did not have the refrigeration. So it was used to preserve food and stop it from spoiling. So if you wanted to keep your meat, what did you have to do? You had to salt it. And we should be in the world bringing and preserving life. We should be out there spreading the taste of Jesus. And what is the taste of Jesus? It's powerful, it's passionate, it's positive. It's the story of life. It's the story of grace. That is the salt that we need to be spreading in this world. Then one you all know, Matthew 5, 14 and 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a blanket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are not to be concealed, but to shine. A light shows the way and exposes darkness. So you want to be a, have disciples? Be a light. And you know how you be a light? You live the way God's called you to live. You live as one of faith. You live one of hope. You live one of joy. You live as one who has something that people want. We want the world to be like moths. Moths are not very bright, are they? They fly into a light no matter what. I used to work in a fast food store back in the day. I'm talking war 70s. So a while ago, and we had one of those awful bug zappers. 
And all it was was the light, and the insects would see it, and they couldn't help it, and they'd fly into it. And guess what happened when they got there? There'd be this awful sound and a smell I can still remember, which is interesting. And that light, what it did was the moths couldn't help themselves. They couldn't stay away. We want to be that sort of light. We want to demonstrate life to the world, and people will come. So if you want to make disciples, don't conceal your light. Let it shine. If you believe in positive things, speak them. If you believe in grace, speak it. If you believe that people should be forgiven and loved, do it. Let your light shine. Also then in Matthew 4.19, we should be effective fishermen. It says, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Isn't that a great picture? It doesn't say, I will make you big game hunters. I think a lot of people who think they'll make disciples think they're big game hunters. And what they do is they go out and hide behind a bush and when somebody comes out, they come out and they shoot them with the biggest gun they've got. Or they go behind a bush and they get a big club and they come and they club people with it. That's not how fishermen work, is it? How do fishermen work? I'm speaking not from knowledge. I'm a terrible fisherman. I'm a terrible fisherman because I always used to fish in the spot that was comfortable. I always used to use the same bait and I only had one size hook. I was too cheap to buy a float because I used to get pulled off and I'd lose them. So I just had a sinker and I'd sit there in Narrabeen Lake with his line sitting on the bottom and my chances of catching a fish were zero. But what's a fisherman? A fisherman knows where the fish are. He knows what bait the fish like. He knows what time of day the fish are around. And he goes out and he catches them. So we are to be, if you want to make disciples, we need to be like those fishermen. Not the big game hunter with your shotgun hiding behind a tree, but the fisherman who knows the bait, who knows the place to be, who knows the time. And what's your bait? I'll tell you what your bait is. Your light, your aroma, your message of God's grace, your bringing of God's glory to those who are lost. 2 Corinthians 3.23, I won't read the whole thing. Paul saying here that he doesn't need a letter of recommendation because the people who know him are his letter of recommendation because he has brought them life and good things. So we need to be people whose life and fruit reflects what we believe. We need to be people who the people around us are positive, happy, alive people. To be an effective witness is about going out there and being as Christ would have you. Then Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. It says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendour, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. What it says is Christ is going to purify us and the picture is us as Christ's bride. Those of you who have been married, 
might know something about brides. Both husbands and grooms know something about brides. They do not put on their worst clothes. They do not do everything in their sight to just be comfortable. What they do is they try and make themselves as, well, grooms do too, let's face it. Never before and never again will I wear a, what, fawn, beige colour dinner suit with a brown bow tie. Never again. It was special. But it's what everybody wore. It was either that or the bright blue. So, But you get ready, you get dressed up, you make yourself as presentable as possible and you go out and you present the message. Why do you do that? Because we do that because Christ is our groom and we represent him as our bride and we want to prepare ourselves for him. So as we make disciples, we need to go out not dressed up the whole time, but as presentable. Try and live as the way that we are ready for Christ to return. We are to live as the, the people that really just are there and ready. So what's all this saying to you? This is saying, I don't want us to be people who are the old you know, classic Christian thing, whatever it is, we're against it. Fun? No. Not having any of that. Partying? Yeah, we can party, but we have to show the world that you can party without getting drunk. And you can still party and have a truly great time. And I don't mean just go out and laugh at the people that are drunk. I mean know how to party yourself and really enjoy it and show the world there's a way to do it in a positive way. We need to be the people that go out and bring life and light and blessing to others. I want to tell you, I was in, really impressed with Pastor James this morning. He must have heard the sermon. He walked in and I said, how are you? And I expected the, the answer you normally get. What's the answer you normally get? All right. Alive, upright, moving. About as good as can be expected. Surviving, getting by. And he gave me, I can't remember exact words were, but it basically boiled to, I'm really good. And he came across as full of joy and full of life and full of energy. And I thought to myself, he must have read the sermon. And I also thought to myself, he's a person I actually wouldn't mind talking to. He's a person that's got something I wouldn't mind something of. Because when I got up this morning, I did not feel passionate and joyful and full of energy. I felt it's Sunday morning and it's early, I've got to get up. But after I spoke to James, I can genuinely say I felt more energised because what he brought to the situation was energy and life and passion and just that, that well, no other word fits, it really does. He brought life. And I want us to make disciples by bringing life, by bringing energy, by bringing passion by bringing the word of God to people, not just in our words, but in our deeds. By bringing the love of God to people by how we respond to them in need. By bringing the love of God to people by doing things to help without grumbling. By being the person who says, yeah, we can make it work, not the person who's saying, oh, I don't know, it's not the way we did it in the past. Bringing the person that brings passion and life.
a final scripture. This is one of my favorite scriptures over the years. Those who have heard me preach have heard me read this so many times. But it's such an encouragement. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says, finally, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Hey, you want to bring light? Fill your mind with those things, the good things, the alive things, the true things. It doesn't say fill your mind with what's wrong. It says to fill your mind with the good things of God and then you will bring life. Fill your mind with love and passion for people and you will attract people like that globe attracts moths and insects, except it won't be to their death, it will be to their life. I always used to have the picture and they'll go, and then they'll reappear, born again. Hopefully with more brains, (laughs) with more life. I just really encourage you to get out there this week and take life to people, take joy to people, take passion to people and really proclaim that Jesus is not just who you believe in, it's who leads your life. That Jesus is not just words you speak, that he is the purpose and the reason behind everything you do. And rather than saying, don't, say, this is how it can be done better. Rather than saying, oh, no, 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 the world's gone bad, everybody's bad. This is evil. This is wicked. Oh, they're all sinful. Oh, dear. This is terrible. The world's got worse than it used to be. Rather than saying those things, saying there's still a better way. There's still a way that leads to life. Follow me as I imitate Christ and see how to live. See how to truly be alive and see a better way. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you do place your hands upon our lives and help us to be passionate, powerful, positive people. I pray, Father, you help us to go out there and to bring the light and the life of Jesus to the world. I pray, Father, that you give us hearts of love, hearts of passion, and hearts that powerfully affect all of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that you go in peace this week and make a difference to those who know you. 